You're listening to the podcast of Christ Walk Church in Fernandina Beach, Florida, where we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. We hope that these messages encourage and challenge you to live for something more. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us online at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening. Now here's today's message. Good morning, Christ Walk Church. It is so, so great to be here with all of you today. I hope you had an incredible Thanksgiving spending time with your friends and your family and eating some really good food, I hope. It is so hard to believe that here in just a couple days, we are going to cross the threshold into December of 2021, quickly on our way to 2022. It feels like this year has flown by, but there's been so many incredible things that have happened and that have taken place, and um, it's, it's just awesome to celebrate all that God is doing in and through this house. And one of those things uh, happened just a few days ago when we delivered the uh, Thanksgiving food baskets to Southside Elementary School. And those families and, and the teachers and the staff and everyone there at the school, they were pumped um, about our involvement again this year and to see the smiles and the, the happiness and the excitement and um, all the encouragement that those baskets brought to those families as we extended uh, the love and the life of Jesus Christ to them. I want to thank you all so much for your involvement, your participation. It's because of people like you and the things that you did uh, shopping and sorting and bringing in goods and providing funds and all the things that you did because of your generosity that we were able to make that possible. So thank you so very much for helping to make such an impact in our community this Thanksgiving. Hey, today we are closing out a series called Stretch that we've been using to piggyback off of part of what I talked about back on Vision Sunday where the prophet Elisha stretches himself out on the dead son of the Shunammite woman. And the Bible says that he aligned his eyes with the boy's eyes, his mouth with the boy's mouth, and his hands with the boy's hands. And as a result of him getting an alignment in those areas and stretching himself out upon that child, that the boy came back to life. And I'm believing that as you and I make room for a miracle, as you and I choose to stretch in different areas of our life, that God is going to respond by giving us a new vision, a new voice, and a new vitality. And so if you have missed um, perhaps the message from Vision Sunday, or maybe you've missed one of the other messages as a part of this series, I would highly encourage you to go back and watch on our YouTube channel or go check out our podcast and listen to those messages that you missed so that you can catch up with where we are today. But uh, for today, if you got your Bible or a smart device, I want to invite you to turn with me or swipe with me to the Old Testament, actually the second book in the Old Testament. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 17, Exodus chapter 17, and we're going to land there in just a minute. And as we kind of tie up this, uh, this end here on this series and wrap things up today, I want to talk to you for the next few minutes about what it means, what it looks like to gain a new vitality, to gain a new vitality. The word vitality defined means exuberant physical strength or mental vigor. It means capacity for survival, or another definition is the power to live or grow. And Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, 
speaking of our enemy, the devil, that the devil seeks to steal and to kill and to destroy. That the devil wants nothing more than to rob us of our mental and physical health. He wants to limit our power to live and to grow, and he wants to thwart our capacity for survival. But Jesus said that that he came so that we could have life, that we could have vitality in all of its fullness, that in and through him, we wouldn't just be alive, just here existing, taking up space on this rock called earth, but that we could truly thrive. The truth is many of us aren't doing that. Instead, we find ourselves today exhausted, just barely hanging on, just being beaten up left and right, up and down and every which way in between because of the battle that we find ourselves in today. Maybe it's a health issue or a relationship issue, perhaps a financial issue. Maybe it's an emotional or mental issue, a a spiritual issue. And what happens is, is that one of those issues turns into another of those issues and then another and another. And it becomes a domino effect in our lives that just turns into this cycle of unhealth. Perhaps some of you here today Find yourselves on a carousel that just continues to spin round and round and round, going from one issue to the next. And to some, it seems like that ride may never end and that we may never be able to get off. If that's you here this morning, I I want you to know a few very important things. Number one, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay, but it's also not okay for you to stay that way. It is okay to not be okay, but it's not okay for you to stay that way because number two, that kind of life is not what you and I have been called to live. And number three, and perhaps most importantly out of all of this is that because of Jesus, because of his work on the cross, because of his death and resurrection from the grave, you and I, we don't have to live that way. We don't have to live that way. And so with those things in mind, let's jump into our passage for today. Exodus chapter 17, beginning with verse 8, says, while the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow, I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. Verse 11, as long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on, and then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. Verse 14. After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder, and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. 
Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi or Jehovah Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. And he said, they have raised their fist against the Lord's throne. So now the Lord will be at war with Amalek generation after generation. Now, this particular passage comes about on the heels of an incredible miracle that took place out in the wilderness. Moses has just led the people of Israel out of Egypt through the Red Sea, and then they've settled here at a place called Rephidim, which in the Hebrew language means resting place. And it's here in Rephidim that the people are thirsty and they're complaining. And so the Lord tells Moses to strike the rock that is there with his staff. And when he does, water gushes out from the rock so that the people can drink and be refreshed. But sadly, this time of resting and refreshing, it it doesn't last for long because the Amalekites come to attack the people of Israel. Now, the Amalekites, they were the descendants of Jacob's brother Esau. And much like their forefather who traded his birthright in exchange for a bowl of stew, the people of Amalek were known for their desire and pursuit of the things of the world along with their disdain for that which was spiritual. And it's interesting to note that While the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt, a total of 430 years, we have no record of them ever facing a battle from the outside. Yet almost immediately after crossing through the Red Sea, they find themselves entrenched in warfare. And this goes to illustrate the truth that once you and I make the choice to surrender our lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and step out of the bondage of slavery and sin, then then what happens is, is that God's enemies then become our enemies. And that's why it's so difficult for some people to ever truly live for Jesus, because it seems like every time they make up their mind, that they make up the decision to do so, to once and for all put their life in control of Christ and live a lifestyle that honors him, What happens is here comes the ways and the pleasures of the world and enticing them to despise the things that are spiritual and return to their former way of life. And so the question is, is that when this happens, why? What's what's the reason for this? When, When we choose to live lives that honor God, why does it seem that it often makes things more difficult instead of them becoming easier? It's what the Apostle Paul refers to in 1 Timothy 6, 12 as the good fight of faith, which is necessary for every person who believes on Jesus as Lord and Savior. Theologian Warren Wearsby puts it this way. He says, we need the battles of life to help balance the blessings of life. Otherwise, we'll become too confident and comfortable and stop trusting the Lord. And it's, it's here in, in this moment and in those kinds of situations where stretching comes into play because the battles of life are inevitable, perhaps even more so for those of us who have placed our hope and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. 
So when they do take place, because they are inevitable, when those battles do creep up and we find ourselves in the midst of them, the the way that you and I conduct ourselves in those battles is what is going to make all the difference. And so if you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to write this down. Um, Looking at our passage today, I want to talk to you about three keys to victorious living. Three keys to victorious living. And the first one of those keys is this. We need to surround ourselves with the right people. You need to surround yourself with the right people. Verse 9 of our passage, Moses commanded Joshua, he says, Choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us tomorrow. I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. And so Joshua did what Moses commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. Moses told Joshua, you need to choose some men to go with you. And then Moses selected Aaron and Hur to go with him to the top of the hill. And and what this is communicating to us is that if we're going to live the victorious life that we've been promised in Jesus Christ, we, we can't go out into battle alone. The simple fact is that you and I, we were created for community, but, but we don't have to be in community with just anyone. See, we, we've got to find the right people. It's not just about surrounding ourselves with people. Like That's important up to a degree, but we need to be sure we're surrounding ourselves with the right people. Uh, Jim Rohn famously said, you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And and this is not a new concept to many of us. Uh, Perhaps you've heard me talk about this before, that that we're the average of the five people that we spend the most time with, that the direction they're going, the way that they think, the influence that they have, that we start to become like the people that we spend time with. So my question for you this morning as we begin here is what battlefield are you on right now? Or who is it that you are desiring to become? Or who is it that you feel like the Lord is calling you to become? And and it's the answer to those questions. However you answer those questions should determine who you should be spending your time with. See, it's not just anybody, but it's like-minded people moving in the same direction, all connected through shared desires and experiences. For example, if you're here today and and you'd say, Pastor Blake, I'd really like to have a better marriage in the coming year, then you need to get around some couples who their marriage looks like what you want your marriage to look like. Or, Or maybe you're walking through the battle of a health issue right now. You need to get around some people that have overcome different health issues in their life so that they can encourage you and and support you and strengthen you in the midst of your journey. Maybe you're going through a financial struggle. If that's you today, you know what you need to do? You need to get around some people that are debt-free and start asking them a whole lot of questions so that you can begin to pattern your life after theirs, the way that they spend and handle their money. The list can go on and on, but, but what is it that you want? What is it that you desire? What battle is it that, that you are facing? Find somebody who is living the kind of life that you want to be living, get around them and spend some time with them, learning how to do things the way that they do them. 
You know, this is the power of life groups. We talk about this a lot here at Christ Walk. This is the power of life groups, and, and it's the primary reason that you should be a part of one. So that you can do life with other like-minded people that have their arrow pointed in the direction of the Lord, the direction that you're wanting to go, so that you can get around them and, and, and learn and, and share and struggle with one another so that you can grow and develop and begin to thrive. You need to decide right now that in the coming year, you're going to commit to being in a life group and intentionally engage in biblical community with other believers. And, and for some of you that are here, maybe that means that you need to, instead of just joining a group, maybe you feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit and you need to start a life group of your own. Think about it. Like who, who are you already connected with in this church and, and in this community? Who are you already spending some time with? Maybe you need to get with that person or, or get with that other couple and then invite some others to come alongside and join you who may be able to benefit from that as well. Maybe in a, a Bible study, maybe it's a supper club, maybe it's some kind of shared interest or activity, whatever it is, just decide now that you're going to do life together in some capacity, and then with purpose and intentionality, do it. Do it. And, and as you go about that, please let us know because we want to come alongside you and, and we want to help to resource you so that you can be a part of a group that allows you and others to thrive, to live that, that life full of vitality that Jesus talked about in John 10, 10. See, the truth is, is that nothing is going to change in your life until you get intentional about surrounding yourself with the right people that will come alongside and that will fight the battle with you. So you can either make excuses or you can make progress, but you can't make both. And so if you're gonna fight this battle, don't do it alone. Surround yourself with the right people that, that can be a part of this with you. And that begins with engaging an intentional and purposeful biblical community. So number one, we got to surround ourselves with the right people. Number two, we have to surrender our pride. You need to surrender your pride. Verse 11 of our passage says this. It says, as long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. And then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. See, these keys, they're, they're all connected, as you're going to find out. And, and it's not just enough to surround ourselves with the right people if we're also not going to look to them for help. See, for some of us here today, the greatest thing that we could do is to admit that we're just not as good as we think we are. We're not as capable as we think we are. And, and we need to ask someone else for help doing something. It's, it's through this kind of action that we surrender. We lay down our pride. Somebody here uh, with me today, watching online in the room, you need to repeat after me. I can't do this by myself. 
I can't do this by myself. See, for for many of us, we have a significant blind spot in our lives, and and it stems from our tendency to believe that, that we're the smartest person in the room. Stems from our tendency to believe that we are the smartest person in the room. I love what Michael Dell says. He says, try never to be the smartest person in the room. And if you are, I suggest that you invite smarter people or find a different room. See, even though Moses was the leader, he was the person in charge He realized that he wasn't the smartest person in the room. He made sure that he wasn't the smartest guy in the room. And and this is evidenced by the fact that he took Aaron and her to the hilltop with him because he knew he may need them, which later proved to be true. But notice what didn't happen. The things that didn't happen is, is that when Moses' arms got tired, and his hands started to fall, and the Amalekites started to overtake the Israelites in battle, and then Aaron and Hur come alongside him to to help hold up his arms, he didn't shove them off and say, no, I can do this on my own. You stand there and watch. I'm going to do this. That that didn't happen. And and then the other thing that didn't happen is, is that even though Moses recognized his responsibility as the leader, He didn't try to shirk that responsibility by handing off the staff for either Aaron or her to hold up themselves. He continued to hold the staff and he welcomed their help in holding up his arms. See, Moses did his part and then Aaron and her did their part and together they were victorious. See, letting go of our pride, it it doesn't mean that we saddle other people with our burdens and our overwhelming expectations. That's just lazy and irresponsible. What letting go of our pride does look like though is allowing other people to come alongside and help hold us up as we engage in the battle that we are fighting. So first of all, we've got to surround ourselves with the right people. And then secondly, we've got to surrender our pride, which brings us to number three. Number three, There's strength in numbers. This is the third key to living a victorious life. It's to realize that there's strength in numbers. Verse 15 of our passage says, Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi or Jehovah Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. See, support for the victory comes from other believers. It's kind of like that scene in Forrest Gump where Forrest is in the army and and they're in Vietnam and they're in the middle of the monsoon season and it's been raining for days on end. And and one of the guys in Forrest's company, Benjamin Buford Blue, also known as Bubba, he looks at Forrest one night and says, I'm going to lean up against you and you lean right back against me. That way we don't have to sleep with our heads in the mud. We, we got to realize that, that there's strength in numbers and that when we go into battle, we need someone that, that we can lean up against and that they can lean back against us so that we don't sleep with our head in the mud. And, and yes, it's true that, that the battle of our life, whatever it is that we're facing, that that battle belongs to the Lord. That's true. But as true as that is, uh, something else is true as well. It's that even though the battle belongs to the Lord, you and I, we still participate in the fight. 
Even though the battle is God's, you and I, we are still participating in the fight. So it's important that we have someone that in the middle of that battle that we can lean on for support. And and the Bible says that, that because of the efforts of Moses and Aaron and her working together, that, that they were victorious, that Joshua and the army of Israel, that they were able to overtake the Amalekites. And, and Moses, that day in victory, he, he could have made an altar to himself for being such a great leader. He, he could have built an altar for Aaron and her who came alongside him to hold up his hands. He could have even dedicated an altar to the heroics of Joshua and the people of the army that day. But but Moses realized something of great importance. Moses realized that while the support for the victory comes from other believers, the source of the victory is God alone. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is my banner. The Lord is is the one in under whom we unite. The Lord is the one under whom rescues us with his mighty right hand. The, the Lord is the one that under whom he gives the, uh, and sustains our lives. And the takeaway that, that I see in this passage that we're talking about today is, is simply this, is that our vitality All that stuff we talked about at the beginning, our our power to live and grow and thrive, our capacity for survival, our mental and physical health, all of those things, our vitality is found in God's victory. Our vitality is found in God's victory. If you and I will commit to surrounding ourselves with the right people, surrendering our pride and recognizing that, that God is the source of the victory and and not anything that we've done, then there's nothing that he won't be able to accomplish in our lives or in and through us. And so as, as we close out the message for today, my question is simply this, in which one of those areas do you need to stretch? In which one of those areas do you need to stretch? Maybe today you need to stretch by being intentional about engaging in community with others in a purposeful and intentional setting like a life group. Maybe you've been holding back, you've been making excuses, you're too tired, you don't have time, there's not a group for you, there's not one that meets in your area, whatever that is, maybe you need to step out, jump into a group or start one of your own so that you can intentionally be in community with other like-minded believers. Maybe today it's admitting to yourself that the battle that you're fighting You can't fight it alone. Maybe today you need to ask somebody to come and hold up your hands as you engage in this battle. You need to ask them to to intercede and, 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 and hold you accountable so that you can continue to push forward, fight for the victory that you so greatly desire. Perhaps today you need to stretch in the area of honoring God as the source of the blessings and the victory in your life rather than claiming that title for yourself and giving yourself credit. See, all of this begins simply with the realization that you and I, we're incapable of saving ourselves, that we are in need of a savior. If that's you today, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me. 
If you're ready to step into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you've come to the realization in your life that no matter how hard you try, there's nothing that you are going to be able to do to save yourself from the battle that you are in and to rid yourself of your slavery and your bondage to sin. The only way for that to happen is through relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're ready to step into that relationship today, would you pray this simple prayer with me? Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner and that I'm lost without you. I believe that Jesus died in my place, making a way for us to have a relationship. Today, I choose to follow Jesus in his way for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Christ Walk Church podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. To find out more information about Christ Walk Church, including our service times, how to connect with us on social media, and the ministry opportunities we have for you and your family, simply visit our website at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, because of Jesus, the best is yet to come.